Hello and welcome to another edition of Loyalty Live on Loyalty 360. I'm John Dether. In this series, we talk to the leaders in our industry about the technology, trends, and best practices that drive customer engagement and loyalty. Our guests provide practical solutions and expert advice on building and maintaining relationships with customers. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Sam Panzer, Director of Industry Strategy at Talon One. Welcome, Sam. Thank you for joining us. Thanks very much, Thanks very much John. Very, very happy to be here. Good. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, and your current role with Talon One? Yeah, you bet. So, so here at Town One, I, I lead our our business value practice. So, really doing things around uh, program ROI modeling and thinking about what could the commercial impact be of trying new things with our customers. Um, we work with brands like Adidas, Eddie Bauer, River Island, uh, Live Nation, Ticketmaster. Um, so, mostly kind of uh, enterprise, skewing more towards the retail side of things. I've been with Talon for about five years, mostly in a customer success capacity. So started as our as as uh, just helping our customers launch their programs and their promotional strategies. Before that, I worked with shopping malls on their uh, their digital uh, digital engagement strategy too, to kind of have a uh, a nice background in in the retail industry, especially. Um, but uh, but yeah, mostly kind of an ROI ROI geek here at Talon One about um, you know what what does it work to kind of change things in your program and and how to you know how, how might that drive increased purchase frequency or uh, more positive sentiment those kinds of things. Well, for our viewers who might not be familiar with Talon One, uh, you mentioned some of the brands that you support. How exactly do what do you do for those brands in terms of helping them uh, promote customer loyalty? Yeah, so Town One itself is 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 a promotion engine. So we have uh, an incentives product that can stream in data from different sources. So it might be the customer session, the customer themselves, and the CDP or the CRM. What's in their cart? Uh, financial data and margin data about items they might be looking at, etc. So we have a rules based approach to building incentives based on those different data streams, and our focus is on keeping that real time and integrated throughout the customer's digital experience, especially, and we also do in-store stuff as well. But if you think about like a user moving around on an e-commerce website as a member, we want to show them value throughout that experience. So showing, you know, might be member pricing or product labeling, uh, personalized offers and discounts, um, things to kind of nudge them to increase their basket size to, to, uh, to get to a new loyalty status, those kinds of things. So really, we really handle the the evaluation of the incentives in the loyalty program. We also do some stuff that's not in a loyalty program. It's just incentives work or CRM work. Uh, generally, we kind of try and bring those two things together and, and move loyalty and more of like a from a passive points and tiers, earn and burn static thing off the side and be a bit more kind of iterative and um, and and uh, agile in terms of like the different incentives that are that are getting in front of your your customers and, and your members. Um, and, and again, kind of focused on being real time and really handling high API load to communicate that value in real time. So you don't have one of those annoying things where you don't see your pending points on your profile page for like three days or something like that. Right. And now I see your tree in the background there. Um, and the holiday shopping season, of course, is top of mind with most marketers right now. What are the latest trends and practices that you're seeing specifically with customer loyalty and rewards this holiday season? Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a fascinating year because we we kind of had this this uh, very interesting kind of whiplash after COVID of 
okay, you know, inventory was really lean during COVID, so then retailers stocked way up and then consumer demand softened. So last year it was kind of, okay, we just had to move stuff um, and, and at the expense of, of margin and all these kinds of things. Whereas, whereas this year, the inventory reality has, has steadied out a little bit. And, and, you know, there's continuing challenge around like acquisition cost, um, uh, uh, sharper focus than ever on, on being profitable in the retail industry. So uh, the, the overarching focus is how do retailers move on a path to profitability um, while still stimulating demand in a time when consumers are, are really, really deal seeking. Um, so in the loyalty context, I'd say that the, the, the biggest kind of macro trend that we see is, is moving most of your promotional mix uh, be, behind or into the loyalty program so that you're only kind of giving things out when you're confident that you're set up for a long-term marketing relationship with that that customer. Um, so you see this in all kinds of different ways. I mean, I'm, I'm a big Target fan. I live in Germany and I miss Target a lot when I'm when I'm living over there. Um, so so I paid a lot of attention to what was Target doing on, on Black Friday, especially in, you know, on their like main landing page for Black Friday, they had 16 different elements on that landing page. And four of those pointed to, to target circle member only benefits and discounts. So full 25% of their prime real estate for Black Friday was pointing users towards the loyalty program because target's confident that, you know, once you create an account, download the app, sign up for emails, whatever that is, that is they're going to be set up to market to you profitably long-term. I think that, you know, most retailers kind of move beyond this idea of, you know, hey, we just run a 30% site-wide discount on Black Friday and get a nice bump in demand and are really being a lot smarter about how do we show really, really strong value to customers without um, without discount or discounting ourselves into, into margin oblivion with, you know, kind of site-wide discounts for customers that are only going to buy from us once or only when we give them a 30% discount. It's kind of using the loyalty program as a vehicle to set up this long-term profitable uh, relationship and, and moving most of your promotional mix behind uh, behind the loyalty program and kind of using the loyalty program more as like a, a active iterative uh, vehicle for, for personalized targeted offers. Well, this holiday season, do you, or can you suggest any creative ways besides points for rewards um, that um, businesses can um, reward its most loyal members? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that loyalty programs are, are really good at this for, for a couple of reasons. The first is that, you know, loyalty programs are really good at, at leveraging efficient rewards where the perceived value of a benefit is greater than the financial cost to the business. So like the, the you know, the really classic example in loyalty is is a empty seat in first class and moving a, a good loyal member who's in premium economy up to first class doesn't really have financial costs, but it's really meaningful to the member, right? So I think that, that in terms of like, you know, the creativity, I think a lot of the work that I do with our customers is trying to think, what are the efficient and meaningful things you can do for your customer um, that 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 you know that that have a higher perceived value than than a cost to the business? So that's that's one big area. So a lot of our focus of customers is on like partnership driven benefits. Um, we have one one customer who I really love in the U.S. Built Rewards, which you can it's a basically a credit card scheme. You can also uh, earn points by paying your rent. And their entire program is really partnership driven, and and their target consumer is in, mostly an urban millennial renter. Um, uh, Gen Z as well, of course, and, and the benefits for that are really kind of uh, targeted towards that persona. So it's like Hawaiian Air flights, Soul Cycle spin classes, those kinds of things. And, and because those have such a high emotional value to the member, they 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 have a pretty you know acceptable financial cost to the business because they're just so they're just so darn meaningful to customers. So that's a big part of it. 
Otherwise, I mean, the exact way that you structure your offers is really, really important. And this is the kind of thing that there's really good academic research on. Like if you're doing a, a, a buy one, get one for a discount, like is it better to do, uh, you get a discount on the, the the cheaper item, the more expensive item or blend it across the two. And there's there's tons of, you know, it's kind of like in the, 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 the small margin optimization, but these can make a really meaningful difference if you're able to be really, really intelligent but how exactly you structure your deals because, you know, consumers, obviously, if you ask consumers what they want, uh, they're going to tell you that they want 30% site-wide discounts. We as brands can't really afford to give everybody a, a 30% site-wide discount. So it's kind of like, how do we still deliver things that are meaningful to the customer um, but contribute to, especially in the retail space, larger baskets, more frequent purchase, um, full price items wherever possible. So like if you go back to Target, for example, on Black Friday, uh, on their Black Friday landing page, tons of the stuff they were moving was full price. It was just like affordable everyday items, which I think is is brilliant. So kind of taking a more intelligent approach to how are we showing value and not just being discounts on your entire purchase, but rather kind of showing users things that that nudge them towards additional purchases, bigger carts, um, bigger car- yeah, the, 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 those kinds of things. So just being really strategic about why are you running a promotion? What's the best way to structure that promotion to drive a positive uh, result for the business while still being, you know, really meaningful and, and positive to the, to the customer. Thank you. Um, from a corporate social responsibility perspective, during the holidays, we often see, as we've seen again this year, that uh, rewards are tied to certain charitable contributions during this time of the year. Um, are you seeing any specific examples of how brands are uh, tying the loyalty in with charity. And is that going to give you these brands uh, a lift in engagement? Is it realistic to expect, especially during these economic times, a lift in engagement from tying in the charitable causes? Yeah, so there's a, a lot in this topic. I mean, first off, the, for, for there are brands where there's a really, really you know organic way to tap into CSR elements and to communicate in that program. If you're you know, using organic materials to kind of celebrate how much, whatever, how many acres of organic cotton you've helped produce. Um, so to kind of celebrate like that you're on this journey together in your CSR work, that's 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 definitely one big part of it is like, if your brand does good work in this, use a loyalty program as a chance to say that, you know, this is, this is you, like you as the customer have helped us do this and really kind of celebrate their contribution to the business's ability to, to, drive, to drive CSR work. Um, there's, there's, I've seen some really clever stuff. So Pan, Pan Gaia, uh, did, did a really clever thing on Black Friday where you could, you could get a 25% discount if you donated $10 to, to one of four environmental charities that, that they provided. So you needed to donate to get the best discount. Um, there's, I have some qualms with how they structured it. Cause like, it didn't feel like the brand was necessarily going on that journey with the member. And I think that, or the customer, I think that's super, super important. It's like a lot of times it feels like brands are just kind of saying, um, I don't know, like, like, yeah, if you, if you do a sustainable thing, that's good. And, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll celebrate that. But I think it's really important to kind of feel like you're in it together, uh, and moving towards things. So like, you know, Adidas in their Audi club program, they have this, the run for the ocean thing they do pretty regularly, um, where it's like, you know, Adidas is really kind of sponsoring and going along with you in this. So, you know, that could be matching donations. It could be facilitating events for a specific cause just showing you kind of how your support of the business helps us do interesting, sustainable, or whatever the social cause is. Um, I would say that, 
you know, it's interesting if you look at like uh, what customers actually say they want from brands and like why consumers make choices of brands. Um, you know, the Boston Consulting Group in the run to Black Friday did, did, did release some really good research in this question. And I think they asked like, what are the most important criteria that influence your decision on uh, holiday shopping events this year? The biggest one is just deals and value for money and majority customers list that. Sustainability and ethical considerations, I think we're, we're at 11% of consumers say that that's important to them. So you, you just have to be honest that, you know, consumers aren't necessarily expressing, you know, that much interest in this. And, and there's always going to be a massive they-do gap in consumers saying what they want versus what they, you know, what they actually do based on, you know, if you give them what they say they want. Um, so it's a, a really tricky one, but I mean, I think that that loads programs are a good vehicle again to kind of you know to go with the user to move with the user towards towards a shared uh, shared goal is probably the most interesting and and legitimate way to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, turning to personalization, as you know, personalization is always vital in loyalty programs. Are there opportunities right now during the holidays to? actually for brands to pick up their game when it comes to personalization and sort of create memorable holiday experiences. It seems like this is a perfect time of the year to do that. Yeah, it is. It, it is. I and mean, I think that a lot of it's also like, how do you set yourself up to, to, to take your Q4 purchases and then, you know, drive, drive, drive loyalty enrollments, collect data, get marketing opt-ins so that you can then kind of come back to the member after the holiday peak and continue to market to them in a, in a positive way. Um, you know, personalization, it's like the most, it's the most, uh, like under delivered term in, in all of marketing. And I think that, um, one thing that brands really struggle is like, okay, we kind of have this, this vision of like what personalization could look, look like for us long-term, but but it's one of those things where you really need like an evolutionary approach to like work towards the data completeness that you would need to really kind of do that big vision of where you're working towards in personalization. Um, I think that, you know, if you can do things like understand uh, what's the gifting behavior in your brand, then to, to celebrate that, okay, like if you're, I don't know, if you're buying, uh, I don't know, like a gift basket of 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 beauty products, like that's probably not for you. So at least like in the comms to kind of celebrate um, that, you know, hey, we're, we're with this item that you bought or with kind of the, your, your, your search history or your purchase history um, to kind of show that like, you know, we've helped you be a great gift giver. Those kinds of things kind of bake that into like your, your CRM work and your, your, um, your email or kind of whatever you're doing. I think that's kind of one easy one to really understand what are the, the journeys around gifting that your brand supports. Um, and then to kind of, you know, there's, there's like this, um, I don't know, like like the psychological glow that you get as the brand if you help somebody give a really good gift. Like that's that's just kind of a warm, fuzzy uh, thing that kind of breaks the typical like transactional. I buy 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 some stuff and then use the stuff uh, kind of kind of paradigm most retailers are in. So a lot to it. I mean, I think that we do a lot of kind of discovery stuff. Like, okay, what's like your current data reality? Um, in, in our product is the focus is always how do we kind of continually enrich the customer data to to, to segment and target and then ultimately to to actually do like dynamic personalization based on that, but but it's a it's an evolutionary thing for sure. Um, so in in like the short term, in the next six weeks or whatever, um, for me it's mostly yeah, kind of uh, how do you kind of understand the gifting journey and just kind of uh, freshen up your communications to to celebrate that or or tap into the, the the positive emotions with with buying and giving gifts. And what about uh, technology at this time of the year, uh, whether it be 
uh, mobile app, AI, virtual events. How do you think brands can really leverage a technology? Yeah, I mean, so I'll just talk about the things that I focus on most, which is more on like understanding the um, uh, think about like the, the 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 data on like your like, item data. So kind of understanding how how do certain items pair together to to deliver like interesting promotions and think kind of around like if you're able to 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 combine you know uh, high margin low price items with low margin high price items bundle those together and deliver those in like a personalized way based on customer data. Um, so I, I think that there's like kind of just understanding what's like the inventory landscape, what's like the affinity webs between different products to, to, to be able to kind of bring those to customers. That's, that's one thing that I find, uh, I find really interesting. Obviously, um, you know, there's lots on, on virtual events that you mentioned. We've got some customers that do some really kind of clever things around, uh, um, you know, streaming or just video content. I've really been uh, a keen observer. I'm not like a TikTok user myself, but the stuff that they're doing around TikTok shop, I, I find is 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 really interesting and just kind of showing, uh, you know, kind of connecting where the user's attention is into promotions and into items and into like loyalty enrollment as well. Um, so you know, in a loyalty specific context, of course, there's tons of like tons of angles for AI to come in. On loyalty, it's not like we all want to set up a, a, a AI ML, ML model just to just to actually decide what benefits to give. I think we still definitely want some some human control over like what our incentives mix is in the loyalty program. Um, but that's definitely a big focus for us, and you know, plenty of stuff in our product roadmap to to deliver that uh, to deliver that as as well. Well, what about uh, after the holidays are over? What are some strategies that you can recommend that brands can retain those customers they may have picked up during yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the the foundation of it should be just just like we were talking about earlier to to use the loyalty program as the vehicle for your most most interesting, compelling offers. Because presumably, you know, your loyalty program is going to be the 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 vehicle through which you're delivering your your best CRM work, your best uh, like personalized marketing is going to come through the loyalty program. It's a period, obviously, of like of a pretty high consumer intent. Um, of course, like much higher spend than than the rest of the rest of the year. So to kind of take advantage of that intent and that spend to drive enrollment into the loyalty program is 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 the foundation for members who are already in. Um, you know, I think that like the obviously there's tons of stuff in loyalty programs around like um, the tiers and the, the the challenges users are working towards. So just to kind of really make sure that you're set up to 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 see what's their proximity to interesting earning moments, or it could even just be point expiration events if you kind of want to do like the the negative cognitive dissonance or cognitive um, operant conditioning side of that. Um, but all these things of like you know really make sure that all this moment marketing that you generate through the loyalty program points, tiers, challenges, um, make sure that you're really prepared to like deliver messages on those in the new year. Um, obviously it kind of depends on like what the actual structure uh, of the program is. Um, so, you know, get members signed up, be prepared to take advantage of the moment marketing that your loyalty program uh, supports you with, um, I think are kind of the, the most important things. I mean, users acquired during Q4 tend to have a higher lifetime value than users acquired during the rest of the year. Um, Especially because you know basket sizes, of course, tend to be a little higher this time of year. Um, but 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 uh, yeah, just kind of think about like what's the what's like the long term profitable goal for our customers, and how do we be really smart about our investment 
in customers during Q4 and during like a really high promotional period, like Black Friday, Cyber Monday that we just passed um, and really make sure that you're not like chasing empty calories uh, through discounts that are just going to acquire pro- customers that maybe they'll come back next year for 30, 30% discount, but they're not going to do anything in the next, the next 11 months. Right. Sam, do you have any, anything we've not covered any parting advice for brands uh, for the, this holiday season and let us know what may be next for town one coming up in 2024. Yeah, I think, I mean, it feels like the, the, the main two themes for me this year, the first has been, uh, really kind of work like like getting back on the path to profitability um it, given kind of changes in the marketing landscape and acquisition costs and those kinds of things so i think that that's been like you know one of the two huge huge key topics for us and the second is like you know i think there's been a, a, a really rapid maturation in loyalty around understanding that loyalty programs are data vehicles for like year zero and first party data strategy so next year is the year that finally Google Chrome will, will kick the cookie bucket um, and, and you know, no more no more third party cookies in, in Google Chrome by the end of next year. So really entering like, you know, it's it's been a story for five years of kind of the rapid loss of third party data. But next year is really where where it feels like the rubber hits the road on that. And loyalty programs are so, so good about transparently collecting and using customer data. So asking customers for data giving them a clear reason to share that um, and and kind of building the strategy of the program around like a, a data vehicle for the brand where you can, you know, be really honest members like this is why we want this data and here's what's in it for you, so to say. Um, so that's, that's definitely our, our big, big focus is like kind of evolving our customer's data strategy, especially as we think about how do we start to incorporate AI into your loyalty and promotional strategy. You know, it's it, AI, of course, it's garbage in, garbage out. So you need really kind of clean, good data to work with. And loyalty programs are a really good vehicle to start to collect and use use some of that data. Well, thank you, Sam, very much for those insights. And a couple more insights we need from you. Um, it's time for our rapid fire questions. Uh, we're going to go through a series of questions. Just let us know your first thing that comes to mind. Great, great. What is your favorite word? Oh, great. So I live in Germany. German is a Lego language where they stick things together. So I got a letter this year that had the word Kurzfristen Energieversorgungssicherungsmaßnahmen Verordnung in the letter. That's one one word in the, the craziest language on earth. That's probably my, my favorite one because it's like, you know, 32 letters long. You may have to spell that for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Uh, it'd be something like synergy, just things that like business people kind of throw out there with, because they're like safe, safe words to, to cover bad thinking. I mean, obviously synergies are real, but I get frustrated when, when we all kind of package our, our, uh, bad thinking in fancy language. That's the, the things that uh, trigger me the most. Well, what excites you? Um, you know, as we head into the holidays, I'm, I'm back in the U.S. right now. I mean, good food with with uh, with my family is the thing that's that's most most motivating and exciting. Maybe I should say a work thing, but that's the truth is gathering with friends and family over really good food is what I what I live to do. And what do you find tiresome? Um, I, I've, I think as a person, I have a major bias reaction. If I, if I want to do something, I do it full gas. If I don't, I struggle with. Um, so it really grinds me down is like when there's alignment that something is worth doing, but we're just not doing it yet. Um, usually just a matter of prioritization. But I think just like this awareness that, hey, this is something exciting that we should be doing and we're just not doing it yet. 
I find that like a really exhausting uh, thing in a, in, in a work environment anyways. And where is your favorite place to shop during the holidays? Ooh, uh, Red Wing Shoes, the best boots on earth. And what profession other than your own would you like to try? Chef, I, I grew up wanting to be a professional cook until I learned how terrible of a workplace that is. But uh, but still dream sometimes about trying my hand in a professional kitchen, even though it's no, it's a terrible idea. And what profession would you avoid? Yeah, I've mean, got to be the same thing. So chef, chef again. I mean, it's just uh, I, I love cooking. It's what brings me the most joy. But I know it's uh, something that's professionally pretty, uh, pretty un unsustainable. And who inspired you to become the person you are today? Ooh, my uh my my grandfather he's a he's a doctor but he had like a library uh in his house that just had books on all kinds of topics so i think being kind of uh being being instilled with a intellectual curiosity from from the cradle in my family i think my my grandpa embodied that the most just reading random books about i don't know theology um woodworking really just kind of random topics that he would just totally engross himself in uh, i found that really inspiring and i try and do a lot of that what do you typically think about at the end of the day? Uh, I got really geeky about sleep this year and got a Fitbit. So at the end of the day, I'm probably thinking how many hours I'm going to get. Is it going to be good enough rest? And then getting stressed about uh, my ability to, to de-stress when my head hits the pillow. And how do you want to be remembered by your friends and family? Oh, that's sweet. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my, my love language is, is food. My, my sister-in-law just had a baby last week. So we were, we were with them to kind of help help around the house and stuff. I don't know what to do with a baby. I don't know what to say, but I know how to cook. So for a couple of days, I was just cooking and I left them with a fully stuffed freezer of of, of good things that they can heat up, um, you know, the, the, the next stressful couple months that they have ahead. Um, so hopefully, yeah, uh, just facilitating good moments around around food is the thing that I'll, I'll leave my, my family with the most memories with. There you go. Well, thank you, Sam, for taking the time to speak with us today and share your experience and your expertise in customer loyalty. And we certainly look forward to hearing more from you and from Talon One in the year ahead. And we'd like to thank everybody for listening and watching today. I'm John Deason.